Welcome to I'm Screaming, a podcast for anyone who's felt like shamelessly screaming at the top of their lungs over a moment in pop culture. Because sometimes pop culture can be scary and you gotta let it out. Let's scream about it together. Hi, Meg. Hello, Giselle. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the excitement in your voice is deafening? Apparent. Apparent. (laughs) I'm staring at you in the flesh. I cannot believe I'm looking at you right now. It's not a simulation. Truly, it's not a simulation. We have been reunited. If you haven't followed us on Instagram, which is a travesty if you haven't, you would know that we are back together. And this is actually the first time that we are recording this podcast live. Well, like... Together. <laughs> we always record it live, <laughs> but this is the first time that we're in the flesh and we don't have to worry about Zoom quitting on us, which is what happened last week, or our software being shitty. We are literally just sitting uh, around a table and I'm looking at you and I'm just giddy. I know. We're very excited to talk about everything together. Um, it's funny because... Now that we are together and we can talk 24-7, it's, like, some things I want to, like, hold in because I want your, like, genuine first reaction on the podcast, but I've never had to do that before when we're together. Um, So it's just very interesting the way things are happening. It's wild. From our first date at Bite. Yes. Bite NYC. Yes. Um, I miss those sandwiches, man. They were so good. I know. Shout out to Katie Chan. If you listen, I work with her. She saw me and Meg on our first day talking about this podcast. And I was like, there's a secret project happening. And like now it's the podcast. Um, so hi, Katie Chan. You saw us when we started this. Yes. And um, truly, I have to tell a story now that I've been teasing to Giselle for the past few days. Really quickly, before we introduce our very special guest, um, one of the days that we met up doing our plotting and our scheming to create this podcast, um, I was in CVS by my office, just <laughs> buying probably like a diet soda, like as everyone knows, I'm addicted to Diet Coke. Um, and I was truly waiting in line at the checkout and browsing the little, you know, the little goodies that everybody, um, that they leave there so that you just buy them impulsively like I did, of course. And I was thinking about how I was going to see Giselle that night and I, my eyes just found this little, um, little treat that <laughs> I bought and I was fully going to like give it to Giselle, like be like, Oh my God, look how cute. It's like us. Um, that <laughs> night. But then I was like, no, I'll give it to her. The first time we record the podcast is like, you know, just a little like excitement. <laughs> oh my God. What, like, what is happening? <laughs> it's literally the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So for, for those listening, you cannot see, but it is, um, <laughs> It is a marble lip smacker, two pair, two two little um, chapsticks. One is Captain America and one is Iron Man. (laughs) If you can't, I mean, obviously you can't tell there's truly tears in her eyes and it's so chaotic right now because it's it's truly such a Meg gift. Meg is known for like getting little gifts for people. It's very cute. One time she got me a shirt that says congratulations to those men from Issa Rae. Today, it's chapstick with Captain America on it, and I don't think I've ever felt closer to you than in this moment. Um, it is truly, and like truly the other day, we were leaving where we are right now, and we are going out, and you were like, oh, where's my chapstick? And I was like, fuck, I have this chapstick for her. 
I didn't buy chopstick because I'm forgetful. So this is incredible and perfect. And what a way to kick off this episode. The chaotic energy of us being in the same room. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Yes, welcome to the... This is the day the podcast officially starts. Yes. I mean, we've been recording, but... This is the moment. Um, so yeah, enjoy your Couch in America lip smacker. I will enjoy my Iron Man lip smacker. <laughs> also, if anyone thought that our relationship was fake, like this is literally us all the time. So you're really getting to know the real Megan G. Um, but I feel like after that moment, it's time to introduce our very special guest who funnily enough is also with us in person today. And this, similarly to Vera, who you met on our Chromatic episode, is one of our best friends. We love him. He has such incredible and um, very powerful opinions that you're going to hear today. And his name is Peter Heron. Peter. Hi, guys. Welcome to the pod, Pete. I know. I'm so excited to be here. Um, just first off, before you even get into anything, I would like to confirm that this is a genuine friendship between these two. <laughs> I witness it all the time where we were like, what is happening? They share a brain. They share a body. Oh, my goodness. Um, so if you're ever skeptical, do not be. It is genuine. Me and Vera deal with it all the time. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. P, I'm so happy that you're on the pod today. I know. I'm so excited. You guys have been talking about it for the mm-hmm. longest. So it's glad to see it come to fruition and be as great as it is. So happy to be a part. Hey, do you want to tell them a little bit about you, what you do, what you're into, why you're here? Why they should follow you on Instagram? Yeah. Yes. Maybe um, Twitter? Oh, yeah. Instagram. But I mean, like, Twitter oh, sometimes. Okay. I, I On Twitter, no. I mean, follow me on both. But Twitter is, like, if you want kind of, like, a late night rant, rant what's on my mind kind of, kind of deal. Um, but pretty much... My story is so born and raised in New York. I like to deem myself as the king of the unpopular of the unpopular opinion. Ooh, okay. Um, I always find myself on the opposite side of the spectrum when it comes to most debates, which yes. is totally fine. Um, I love fashion. I am a sucker for reality TV. <clears throat> Give me a reality TV show, and I probably have watched it. Can tell you all the car- the people on it, what they are storylines about. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much you. Me as a person, like, doesn't sound very complex, but I swear you to are. God, I swear to God I'm complex. <laughs> I mean, I think that people <clears throat> are going to hear about it today. Just, I really do like what you said about your unpopular opinions, because I think that not only maybe do you feel like you fall on the other side of the spectrum, but you always have, you know, your facts to back it up. And I think that's what a lot of people don't have is, like, people maybe want to, like, rock the boat or have an unpopular opinion, but they just want to do it to be devil's advocate. But I feel like, P, you always make me think about things differently, so... Um, I mean, without further ado, I feel like, P, since you're a guest, do you want to start with your number five first? Oh, yeah. Basically, everyone, the way we're doing this is that Meg and I are sharing a top five this week, um, and then Peter has his top five, and then we'll kind of go that way in our similar format. So, P, as yes. our guest, please go first. I would love to kick it off. So, as I don't know if, if they specified, but we are actually in the Cape, in P-Town. Yeah. For our friend Vera's birthday, and my journey got a little delayed. We won't go into specifics about that. <laughs> However, on my full trip over, I discovered on Hulu that Love Victor has been released. It's mm-hmm. like an actual thing, and if you don't know, that is kind of the spinoff series to Love Simon, which I adored and I've seen numerous times, mm-hmm. and I just love it so much. Love that movie. And so I was like, 
oh my goodness, this is like a bit of me. I must indulge, engage, figure out what this is all about. And obviously, like, we're here to have a good time, so I only got through the first episode. Mm-hmm. But from what I watched on the first episode, I wholeheartedly love. Okay. So essentially, it's very similar to Love, Simon. It's this boy named Victor. He moved to um, Atlanta with his family from Texas. Mm-hmm. And essentially, he's gone to the same school, Creekwood, and has heard about this kid named Simon and how he's basically a legend because he was emailing this boy in secret. Because and was he like, came out. Yeah, yeah, basically his, came, <laughs> his come out story was legendary and had his first kiss on a Ferris wheel. So this boy clearly right. in his mind knows that he is gay. Of course. And has not built up the courage to come out and tell his family and just own who he is. And he's like, this is my time. I'm like mm-hmm. at a school where like this is socially acceptable and like a boy has gone through this and has done it. This is my time to be kind of 2.0 version. Okay, yes. And... Essentially, he gets to the school and realizes this is not going to be as easy as he thought. <laughs> right. um, so for me, I think it's just going to be interesting to see kind of like how he unfolds. Like mm-hmm. he's a very good looking kid. He already has a female love interest. Ooh. He has there's a publicly out gay boy in the school that kind of everybody like knows his story. But mm-hmm. one of the things that's interesting is that like <clears throat> in his mind, he thinks it's going to be easy. But like in meeting this gay boy, um, he kind of realizes that just because Simon came out, that doesn't mean everybody else around him in the school that are attending the school is kind of socially accepting. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's has had um, kind of like interactions with this character. I'm blinking on his name right now. Um, And he kind of has had the chance to step out and be like, I'm similar to him. Right. I want to kind of like be openly getting to know this kid, like all like on a friendship level. Mm -hmm. Um, but kind of he reverted back to those whenever you're like confronted with something that you're not ready to kind of admit openly, you kind of fall in with the crowd and you kind of totally allow those homophobic <clears throat> jokes or kind of like those uh, under the table like digs, jabs, kind of yeah. like jabs, kind of like let them, uh, let them be something that's um, tolerated. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of just going to be interesting to see kind of like his journey um, through that. Yeah. One thing that I love um is that Natasha Rothwell. So if you see watched Love, Simon, she was the drama teacher, but she has been elevated to vice principal. Come on on up, Grace. First off, just her as a person is amazing. Um, And she has amazing, like, comedic timing. So Mm -hmm. you're going to know that, like, while, like, we're dealing with, like, subject matter that's kind of, like, heavy and, like, very, like, now kind of, like, sensitive, Mm -hmm. she will offer kind of, like, that comedic break to kind of, like, give kind of some, like, relief and... um, break up to the kind of like the hard subject matter um drama teacher drama teacher to vice principal you know what that is growth right (laughs) growth pay raise okay the pay raise come on i mean okay so the first thing when you you can because you kind of mentioned to us that this is one of the things you want to talk about when you arrived in the cape um and so i think the first thing to kind of talk about here is that originally love victor was supposed to be on disney plus but as we know disney has some very questionable beliefs um, which we don't stand for on this podcast a lot of the times, um, and they moved the show to Hulu. Yeah. So I did a little bit of digging. I have not watched the show, and as you all know, I've said many times, I can't actually judge something without watching it, but I can sure as hell give an opinion. Um, and I kind of want to ask you, Peter, your opinion. I was reading a Polygon article kind of about the show, and I just, I'll read this little snippet and kind of get your feedback on it, but 
Um, the Polygon article was kind of talking about the show in terms of the highlighting the whiteness in the queer community and kind of having yet another show be about white gays or like white white men in the queer community. Mm-hmm. Um, so this quote is, in spite of the varied histories of irreparable contributions of black people, indigenous people, and people of color to queer liberation and artistic production, whiteness continues to be the implied standard for LGBTQ people in film and media. Such a bar begins to coalesce into a potentially poisonous political project of homo, homo norm normality, woof, a word, an ideal of queerness that still subscribes to the systems and into institutions that privilege white, cisgender, middle-class, heterosexual, presenting queer people at the expense of queer and trans people who are not afforded the same liberties um, due to institutional and system- systemic injustices. Um, and I, I ask you this because for people that can't see Peter, Peter's a black man. He's also gay. He's a black gay man. Um, and I think a lot of what's been going on in the world right now has been talking about systemic racism and kind of these things that are ingrained in our system. And it, it it's so important, I think, to talk about queerness in this way and kind of bring more of a, to bring more of a lighthearted ideal that not every coming out story has to be, you know, your parents disown you and like that whole thing that kind of love Simon championed. But I do want your opinion on kind of how it feels to see another white gay lead kind of own this narrative. If that like is an issue to you, are you just kind of happy the story's being told or do you wish that there was more of like a um, diversity kind of edge to this show? Well, actually, I think that's one of the things that I found kind of interesting is that it's actually a very, very, very diverse cast okay. and that the lead is Hispanic. Okay. The okay. lead is Hispanic and the only, right, so far that you've been introduced, the only white character mm-hmm. is um, the openly gay student currently at the, st- at the school and his okay. name is Benji, okay. which I love. I love the name you Benji. You love the name Benji. Um, but also love that uh, the female kind of love interest that they're like setting up right now is this girl named Mia. Mm-hmm. She's gorgeous um, and she's African-American, which mm-hmm. we love. And then kind of the bully or like the jock or like the hot, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hot shit dude on, on campus is actually another black man. Um, it's uh, Cuban Gooden Jr.'s son. Okay. Who is gorgeous, but an asshole. But anyway, um, <laughs> an asshole on the show, I should. <laughs> Correct. Um, but yeah, so for me, I think it's just very interesting that it's actually a very diverse cast. I love mm-hmm. that the lead is Hispanic. You kind of see like in his... Um, home that's like a very traditional like Hispanic family and okay, kind cool. of get the ins and outs of that which I love and I genuinely I agree with you in the sense that like when we kind of like talk about gay culture and like the coming out stories and just like anything related to um, the queer community it's all often told from uh, a white perspective and mm-hmm. like as you can see like um, white people do dominate kind of like just the world and our societies that and the spaces that we engage in so is it surprising no is it a bit disheartening i mean yeah sometimes like you're like damn like it's kind of like just like more of the same um product and like materials that we see like all the time and it's just i think it's kind of refreshing just to see that it's going to be like a new take i I think they're going to like frame in the same way that kind of this main character is going to deal with a lot of things that simon dealt with Mm -hmm. and they may like approach things similarly um but the thing i like about here that you kind of often see off the bat is like um the uh, Victor is kind of not afraid to confront situations where I feel as like Simon was a bit more reserved. So totally, you could often, right. and I think that's like speaking from like as a black man, you kind of growing up, you kind of don't have the ability to kind of often sit back. You have to like stand up for yourself, or you will get walked all over. Mm-hmm. 
So you can kind of just see like different differences um, off the bat in terms of like Simon's approach and Victor's approach. Um, so I, I think it should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to watch it. I would recommend you watch it, even if it yeah. turns out to be like a shit show. Like, <laughs> just give it some love. You know, it's a diverse cast. It's a lot of like kind of like up and coming actors as well. So mm-hmm. like we should support these people. Also, I think something that I read about it was that it was supposed to drop on Friday, on Juneteenth, mm-hmm. and they moved it up a day or two to be like, you know, show like respect for the holiday yeah. and everything. And so that so it's been out for a few days, but I've just started now seeing people tweeting about watching it and stuff like that. Like people are catching up, so I gotta watch it. I can't yeah. wait. I also definitely want to watch it. I mean, we similar to you. I loved Love Simon, but I'm also a sucker for a cheesy love story. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, same. <laughs> truly, no, love but I that movie. Hated his friends. I need to have that on Friend, the record. Oh, yes. Trash. His friends were trash. trash. Yeah, they're bad. Trash. They were very bad. Also, <laughs> I love his love interest. Um, I forget his name. He's on Flash right now, but he's very oh, cute. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Keenan. Keenan Linesdale. Keenan. Yes. Keenan. He's very cute. Love him. Um, but, no, I, I love that take you said, Peter. And I also, this article said that Victor was white. So, like, love that you gave me that clarification dropping knowledge knowledge. no I'm just very and I think the way you described it from the first episode and kind of what your feelings on it make me even more excited to watch it I really do hope that they do this show some justice and that you know it is diverse as you said and I would love to see a little bit of you know Victor's heritage kind of come through and the way that he deals with things and yeah I'm excited to watch and definitely we'll follow back up if people have seen it or if people are trying to watch it let's watch together and chat about it also chat with Peter about it yeah. Also, what a first scream, Peter, truly. Like. I, know. I know. Come on. I know. I mean, I literally screamed when I saw it in the airport. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm obsessed with that. Okay. So, our scream, which <laughs> I have basically made my scream for number five that Meg is also hype about, um, is that Beyonce is that bitch and that song, period. Speak on it. Um, so, basically, if you guys do not know, which I would be shocked, um, Black Parade came out on Juneteenth. Um, and Black Parade is basically Beyonce's new song. Um, and it's incredible, number one. Just as like a song, it's great. And Beyonce is great, we all know. But I just wanted to talk about it more for kind of the background of the song and also Beyonce in general and why she is that bitch and also iconic. So first and foremost, Black Parade um, is benefiting Beyonce's Black-Owned Business Impact Fund, um, which basically is supporting small Black-owned businesses in need. So that's number one. So all the um, profits from this song, all the streams, whatever, um, are going to go to that, which we love. And so, of course, Beyonce could just do that, and she would be incredible and impeccable. But we take it two steps further. I go, because I had to make sure I had all my facts straight when I was doing this, I go to Beyonce's website, Beyonce.com, and... On the first page of the website, she has a letter to Attorney General Cameron, basically um, to get justice for Breonna Taylor, as we know, who was wrongfully murdered um, in an act of police brutality and her killers have not been um, put away. So that's number two. I mean, we stand 100%. Um, I really appreciate someone with Beyonce's impact um, kind of showing her steps to how she's making a difference. And even if it was written by her people and she just, you know, signed her name, I love that she's putting herself behind that kind of a thing. And then the third thing is basically on Beyonce's website, website she created a marketplace for black creators um, in many different spheres, arts and design, beauty, fashion, home and living, lifestyle, restaurants, 
in bars, services, wellness and health. And she did that in partnership with Zarina Akers, I think is her name. Um, but basically she's the founder of black owned everything on Instagram, which basically just promotes black owned businesses. So, I mean, all in all, Beyonce is incredible. And she really, um, always when she makes a statement when it comes to, you know, supporting black people, um, I feel like she does it so well, but I think the number one thing I wanted to call out also, um, is that a lot of celebrities, um, have been hopping on, you know, the movement, Black Lives Matter movement. Um, some have done it well, some have not. Um, but I just wanted to call out that this, as we know, this thing has been happening, as in systemic racism, has been happening, you know, forever. Um, and I just want to call out two moments. Miss Knowles really, you know, was standing for our people. Um, I'd like to refer back to 2016 when Miss Knowles dropped Lemonade people um and two songs in particular um formation number one that shook the world when it happened basically i just like pulled a little note because i wanted to say it properly didn't they try to drive her at the super bowl for that iconic performance yes. that she served at oh, okay because oh, okay people are always trifling peter as we know um so basically the song um and it's an accompanying music video that was directed by melina i know i'm gonna pronounce her name wrong um but basically she's the person who directed queen and slim she also directs a lot of um Beyonce's um, and Solange's music videos um, premiered on the same day and it received a mixed response because people were trifling but basically um, it was about anti she took an anti-police stance in the music video if you haven't watched which would be crazy to me you should um, and then also in Freedom which is another incredible song from the album was an al uh, anthem dedicated to black women and in that music video on her visual album she brought the mothers of Trayvon Martin Michael Brown and Eric Gardner um, in picture with their sons who were um, killed at the hands of police brutality and Beyonce was doing this in 2016 so I just like really wish that more people um, acknowledge this movement before and I know we can't go back but I this is really just a PSA for everyone that Beyonce is that bitch she's always been fighting for us and where are your faves I just have to say because mine my fave has been doing this and fighting for our people forever right I think listen Beyonce everybody knows Beyonce is a queen Beyonce is not afraid to use her platform to say what needs to be said you cannot tell Beyonce anything okay Mm. She's a trendsetter. Mm. She will always be a trendsetter. She will always be ahead of her time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she is leading the path. You know, she's creating the path for everybody. And I think for right now, with, like, all these other artists and celebrities, they see it's trending. They are, I think right now in the world, it is, if you're not saying anything, it's a problem. Mm -hmm. And it's not okay. So now these celebrities are trying, like, scrambling to figure out, like, what they can do to kind of, like make it seem like that they have always been doing this, but like it's very clear that like actions speak louder than words and Beyonce has always had the actions. So give credit where credit is due. She will continue to fight for us as she should. Mm -hmm. And you know, like if you truly, and I think the other thing is like, she's not doing it for like the notoriety. Mm -hmm. She's doing it because she truly loves the culture. This is the culture that she came from. This is how her mother raised her. Miss mm. Tina. So it's Loving like- Loving the Tina mentions all the time Every now. song a Tina reference. All the time, Obsessed. love it. So, yeah, it's just, like, great to see that, like, Beyonce will always be a pioneer for us. Um, she totally. loves she loves where she's from, and you can truly see that in everything that she does. And I think the time, dedication, and effort that she puts into it, it's like, yes, it's about the message, but, like, this message needs to be delivered properly. Perfection. Perfection. No slip-ups, no, no cutting corners. If we had to stay here for 20 hours to make sure what I want to be said is said correctly, we will be here all Similarly damn night. Similarly to Stephanie Germanata, which... 
we won't even get into, but like my, our two faves are really slaying for us. But also Meg and I on talk about it on Gchat a lot with Vera while we're just kind of going throughout the day. Um, I feel like a lot of these companies, a lot of these celebrities um, think that racism can be cured in a day with an Instagram post or a donation. Um, and it obviously can't, but I just like really, you know, want to obviously want to give a shout out to Beyonce. Um, but also it's the thing about Beyonce. It's like, not only is she fighting for people, she's also just like the most talented person in the world. Like whether you like her music, whether you like her, whether you want to watch her live, I don't really care. Um, because she is talented and also. You can't take that away. You can't take that away. Literally like nobody can deny it ever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, truly, I just wanted to give. Basically, it was my ode to Beyonce. Sorry, Meg, I took over this moment. Um, but I just want to give a shout out to Beyonce. If you haven't listened to Black Parade, you should listen because it's amazing. And also support black owned businesses. And that's on period. Cool. Yes. <laughs> loving this like singing thing. I know. I love it too. And that's on period. Literally, Meg and I giving everything a song. Um, Pee. Okay, moving on to four. Yeah, are we? I think I think we share, share it, our yeah. number four between the three of us, which is the incredible new Chloe and Halle album. I mean, Chloe and Halle are just listen. We are in an ungod. We are in an ungodly hour. Oh my god, oh, that's absolutely. hard to say. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, if you have not listened to that album, where the hell have you been? It is. I mean, I listened to it and then listened to it again. And then I was listening to the radio generated by Spotify for the album. And Uh that was all just like hit after hit after hit. This album is a cohesive masterpiece. I mean, truly, it's a cohesive masterpiece. And also, I mean, coming off of the heels of praising Beyonce, I mean, Beyonce obviously knows how to pick talent because... As we know, Chloe and Halle are under Parkwood Entertainment, Miss Beyonce's label. Um, and anything that Beyonce touches is going to be gold. Um, but also, I mean, not only just Beyonce being somehow instrumental in their career, these girls are incredibly talented. I mean, they produce and write their songs. Um, they, first of all, I mean, for me personally, it's incredible to see two stunning, gorgeous, beautiful black women rock locks daily every single day every they don't care they're gonna wear their hair exactly how they are and i love it and i just think that's so amazing for little girls to kind of look at these beautiful black celebrities who are kind of like rocking this hairstyle that you know a lot of people at least in my life have made fun of us for um so that's number one incredible but also they're just great at what they do yeah Mm -hmm. they literally are vocal engineers like their voices are like pitch perfect, the harmonies together, unlike anything I've ever seen. Like, literally, I'm pretty sure they came out of their mother's womb Mm -hmm. with perfect pitch. Like, it's insane. Yeah, and I definitely think, too, like, I, they have this choral sound about them that Mm -hmm. they're able to, like, really make it feel like we're in, like, this huge church and they're just, like, singing to us and they're only two people. Um, And I think one thing with them, too, that they're just, like, they give me Zendaya energy and I say they give me Zendaya energy because I just feel like their parents looked at them when they were young and they were like, you're going to get this right. You're going to, like, their parents, as Peter and I have talked about before, have had such a a hand in what they're doing. Um, Not to go into super detail, but... um, for one of the brands that I worked with, they wanted to work with Chloe and Halle. And um, you could tell, like, from, from point blank, from jump, their dad was like, hello, this is how we're going to do it. You either take <laughs> this or you're going. Yeah, um, yeah. And if you people aren't coming correct, then they can't work with my daughters. And I'm like, 
I love that. I love that their dad knows their worth because they're incredible. They're also on Grownish, which is another show that I love with Yara Shahidi. They're kind of some of my favorite parts of that show. Hallie's going to be the, the Little Mermaid, which I love. Yes, I'm excited to see Chloe's next step and kind of how she coins her own image in, you know, this industry. But, I mean, the album's incredible from track to track to track as we know do it. Such an incredible lead oh. single. I think it Amazing. deserves more. I mean, Tipsy, yes. Baby Girl, yes. Busy Boy, yes, yes, yes. I mean, all of it. But those are just some of my favorites. But it's just an incredible album. So, for me, okay. So, I was asleep. Oh. And I woke up to text messages mm. from my friend Brianna. We went to college together. And she and I, we love Chloe and Hallie. And we, like, talk about them all the time. So, she texted me and was like, did you hear yet? It dropped already. And I was like, wait, what do you mean? And she was like, the album. I'm listening to it right now. Literally stopped everything that I was doing. I woke up. No, stopped didn't, sleeping. Stopped sleeping. <laughs> didn't brush my teeth. Oh. I was like, I, I do brush my teeth, y'all. Like, I just in the moment, I was so excited. I was like, we're going to skip this to listen to the album. So I listened, and I was like, oh, my gosh. And then she just kept, we're just like texting, texting. She was like, oh, my God, they cussing. And oh. I was like, ooh. <laughs> we love that. We love it. It's like, I, for me, this album, well, like, we already knew they had vocals, right? Right. And then their first album, like, I think their first album is amazing. The Kids Are Alright was a great album. Everyone should listen to it. It was, like, a great debut album for them as, like, who they were. Like, you got a sense of, like, who they, like, where they're from, their character, stuff like that, right? Mm -hmm. But, like, this, I think watching them on Grownish, like, a lot of people were kind of like, oh, my, like, it's, like, a bit of a different look for them. Like, they, it wasn't kind of, like, kind of, like, the innocent kind of, like, vibe that, like, you kind of got from your first album where it was, like, just about, like, providing, like, melodic, like, music and kind of, like, stuff like that. Um... But this here is like you hear the maturity, you hear the growth, you mm-hmm. hear their message, you hear their experience that they've had since like that first album. And it's kind of like all of that like mixed together, like packed with the vocals. Mm-hmm. It's like insane. And then to have kind of like your mentor, your the person that put you on, Beyonce, literally sit you down and you're like, okay, like what kind of like notes do you have? Like what should we change? And Beyonce's like, nothing. Flawless. You nailed it. That confirms how flawless. Yeah. Like, I support all the sins that were committed to make this album. Like, I support it. Like, literally insane. In love. And I just, I mean, I do hope that they have a a very fruitful career. I think that, like, there's a lot to come. And I feel like, in my brain, they should be, like, have taken off so much by now. And I know people like them. And I think this album is getting a lot of play. I mean, especially with, like, the kind of climate that we're in right now, people are have a yearning for black creatives, which, like, we love. Um, but I really do hope that their career kind of, like, blossoms and flourishes and, like, let's give them brand deals. Yes. Let's, like, put them in movies. Let's really just kind of, like, have them take off. I'd love to see it. I mean, I, I want this little, and as much as, like, we've been shitting on Disney a lot, for good reason, because they deserve it, but um, this little, uh, I was about to say little women, <laughs> My brain. Uh, Little Mermaid remake, yeah. uh, live action, however the hell they're going to do that. Yeah. Um, I hope that it's super successful and amazing because there was backlash to her ca- being cast, mm-hmm. which is so fucked up. And I just, can't, I can't wait to hear her sing those songs in that movie. It's going to be so good. I mean, I, I truly am so excited. Obviously, like, yeah, Meg, there's been a lot of backlash and, like, people are trash and they suck. How could you not be hyped about this? But, um... Yeah, I want good things for them. I want I want that movie to be great. Literally, as we were doing our research for this episode, I saw this like random headline that Tia Maori apparently like or Tamara, which one of them, one of the sisters, um, <laughs> like 
dropped the hint that possibly there would be a Twitches 3 with Chloe and Hallie, to which I would quietly put aside my hatred for Disney for one second to, <laughs> to watch, watch sure. this movie because I, one, loved Sister Sister and I loved Twitches. Oh I God. feel like it was disrespected. Um, There's got to be a pun for that, though, because it was Twitches 2, T-O-O. Yes. Not the number two. <laughs> yes, come on, knowledge. We love um, a play on words. But if that happened, I would be very excited. Also, Disney, I mean, I'm still waiting for my Sister Sister reboot, so like, if we could get that. Give it. Going. To me. Thank you. Inject it into my veins, as the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love for that to happen. But yes, we love Ungodly Hour, an incredible album. Everyone stream. Please support Chloe and Hallie. Follow them on Instagram. They turn looks daily. And I just love them. For sure. Amazing. All right, P, you want to get started with your number three? Sure. So as I, in my little intro, I said I am addicted to reality TV. And it's mm-hmm. very accurate. It really is. Like, it's kind of disturbing. And (laughs) (laughs) one of, I'm not going to lie, one of the networks I do watch frequently is Bravo. Yes. We needed a Bravo expert on the pod. We do. Uh, And, you know, I, it's a love-hate relationship. Like, I watch all the shows, like, I know all the people, and I really wish I didn't, but as I like to say, I'm the good kind of trash, and watching (laughs) them does feed my soul. However... I've seen the light this kind of reality TV season with them, and I'm just kind of tired of all the trash-ass white men that they have on all their shows. Mm -hmm. I could understand if it was just, like, on one show, Mm -hmm. but it is on several shows where they have several white men in which they all prove to be taught day in and day out that they are trash. Mm. Like, literally, and we can start with, because you guys spoke with, I spoke about this last week. Um, touching on Stassi Schroeder. Of course, I listen every week. Um, <laughs> Wait, before you continue, I just need to tell how cute P is because truly every time we drop an episode every Tuesday, I wake up to notes from Peter being yeah. like, I love when you said this. I don't know if you should say this. Blah, 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 blah. And like, he literally is he's, a true listener. He's like, yeah. I, I need, I needed more from you on this. He's literally... Our coach. He's our coach. He's our fan and now he's our guest. Yeah, sorry. I just needed to give that little note because it's very cute and it warms my heart. But continue, Peter. Drag stops. Makes me so happy. There, that's a nice way of saying I'm very opinionated. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> I mean, yeah. They uh, they talked about Vanderpump Rules mm-hmm. and all, like, all the backlash with Stassi, which is like rightfully deserved. Um, it was also kind of disheartening because I feel like there's a little bit of Stassi in everyone in terms of like attitude, not the problematic behavior. Um right. But yes, I think the biggest problem with Vanderpump Rules lives within a man by the name of Jax Taylor. I've never seen this show, but the amount of times I've heard oh the name Jax um, is insanity. I, can, I know his face. I just like have maybe watched one episode. Oh but is, and there's always some drama with him. He is like the king of like, he tr- genuinely thinks he is the king of the show. Like, he thinks the show revolves around him. And that's not it? the case. Yeah, he's been on it since season one. And kind of his, the the character he plays, because we all know, like, reality TV is, like, designed to have kind of, like, certain characters that like, people, like, play yeah. up into, yeah. right? I watch the hills. Yes. <laughs> so his character is truly supposed to be, like, kind of, like, the guy that you, like, hate but like is like good looking so like his bad behavior is kind of like accepted and tolerated the classic bad boy but yes he is i would say i was he is a womanizer he treats women so poorly all the women he's ever been with he's cheated on he is not a good friend he slept with his best friend's girlfriend multiple times 
he he's very egotistical like if you say something that he doesn't like or if you don't agree with him he has a temper tantrum mind you this man is 40 years old 40 years he's old 40 40 years old and still has temper tantrums um, well, I mean, how many years has the show been on? Uh, eight seasons, I believe. Maybe yeah. nine. So, but even when he started out, he was still in his 30s. So, like, good right. guy, sir. Is he the one, so, not to go back to the Stassi and Faith stuff, but is he the one yes, who he's slept the one with that Faith? Yes, he's the one that slept with Faith. Okay. And he was, mind you, he was dating this girl named Brittany. He oh. slept with Faith mm-hmm. and basically kept it a secret. It all came out, and then he tried to spin it onto Britney, being like, why are you making this a big deal? Why do you keep bringing this up in our friend group? I already said sorry. How many times do you want me to say sorry? Blah, blah. And, like, <laughs> pinning it on her for, like, having these emotions. And it's like, no, sir, you need to take accountability for your actions. Like, yes. if you're gen- And his, his key thing is, like, I'm, I'm a work in progress. I'm, like, I'm working on myself. Like, 40. Blah, blah, blah. You're 40 years old. Mm-hmm. You've been on the show for nine seasons. And it was funny that, like, um, they just had, they wrapped the reunion last week. And, um... In, like, one of the clips, they, like, went through every season, basically saying, where Jax was like, you know, I'm really working on myself. I'm a work in progress. Literally, nine seasons straight, he said that in some version of that form, that, like, I'm a work in progress. But it's like, Ugh. where is the result? Yeah. I don't and see the, any growth. And he's just, like, the tip of the iceberg. We can, like, move on to Southern Charm, which is another show that I love deeply. Like, I... <laughs> but then we have Shep. And he the, is another. these names. <laughs> listen, that's how you know they're trash. <laughs> Shep is another one trash. Just like a womanizer. He thinks the world revolves around him. He thinks he's the greatest gift to like the earth and to, um, I forget what it is, blanking where, the, where it is. Um, Charleston, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. Charleston. He thinks he's like the greatest thing to come out of Charleston. And it's like, Shep, no. And on top of that, listen, this is like, like I said, unpopular opinion. Shep is not cute, period. He gets girls because he has money. I'm, I'm saying it. He's not good looking. Like, no. Trash. 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 Chep. I just can't. I'm sorry. I can't get over the name. Um, I I watched more Bravo earlier on in my life. <laughs> Me being 25. Well, I'm not 40 like Jax. But um, I think I, I watched more of like the Real Housewives like in those kinds of things. Um, I have seen some episodes of Southern Charm and Vanderpump Rules. I know that many people love it, but I, I do think it's so hard to like latch on to this toxic, this toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity, which is something we're going to talk about even more with um, some bigger celebrities. Yeah. Not that your Bravo people no, no, aren't, for sure. aren't, aren't just as important. Yeah, um, but it is really sad, and and it is sad to see that kind of like this is something that like perpetuates TV and that people continuously tune in to watch this. And like, Peter, you've said to us many times, like, um, that these things become storylines. Like these things are kind of what seasons are built upon. Um, and like, it's, it seems like we're taking steps backwards when we're continuously putting reality television and shows on that talk about themes that are happening in real life, but talk about them in these like negative ways that aren't solving anything. Like these networks aren't stepping up. Like also like, Andy, like, where are you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, are you are you clocking these people in your yeah. in your network and telling them that these things are wrong? If like, especially with a lot of the racism stuff and this toxic masculinity, like these things have been happening season upon season upon season, and now finally you've decided to fire these people who've been racist for season upon season, or now you're trying to like say something about these this Jacks man or any of these other people. It just seems a little bit too late. And like obviously we've told you I don't watch, but from what I've seen kind of like on E News and all those kind of those kinds of websites, it's just like how are people shocked? Like I don't get how people can yeah. be shocked that that all this stuff is coming out when like these people have been trifling from day one. Yeah, I think it would bother like 
obviously like it is a show and like they, it is produced but i think what bothers me more like outside of like them as like obviously their behavior annoys me but what is more concerning to me is that before this they were just like everyday people right mm-hmm. so that means like if you really think about it that means there's several other men in our like world that like act and behave just like them and that's what's mm-hmm. concerning and makes kind of like living in our society so annoying because mm-hmm. it's like you're dealing with these behaviors and you're dealing with like this mentality all the time and it's like what what do you do to combat that like you know what i mean and yeah. then you have like the few who kind of like feed into it and kind of like pump up these guys egos and like that's not gonna solve the issue and then on top of that like what makes it even worse is that like then these guys from all these different shows come together and like they form like this boys club so like on summer house is kind of like the new show and they have like two problematic men by the name of carl and kyle <laughs> who were just like just terrible just terrible like the name kyle truly sends me he is, every time I he is horrible <laughs> I don't know what it is. he just like he cheats on his girlfriend amanda his fiance now just like anyway but like they'll do like crossovers so like chef will like come to the summer house and like the like vanderpump oh rules cast will come and it's just like all these guys just like together and just like broing out and just like being like trash and it's just like bravo i need you to stop please or just let me on Summer House so that I can check these motherfuckers, please. Uh, come on. Okay, so is this Peter's call to get the problematic people off so you can be on the show? No, I, I don't, like, I, I mean, that, either I or, like, that. if you, like, either or. Like, if you need me to come in there and, like, call people out. Because this is the other thing, right? Like, I've had my fair share of dealing with problematic men just based on the spaces that I've been in. Mm-hmm. So, like, I know how to, like play to these type of men's egos and kind of, like, give them a dig and knock them down a peg without dismantling, like, their whole, like, wanting to live. Like, it's you know what I mean? It's art, you know? It's, yeah. It's a, you have to find got, that he's balance. He's got the technique. He yeah, you have to find that balance. But, Pete, I just want to bring up, in relation, this isn't Bravo, but MTV, I texted Peter the other night at, like, literally midnight. Oh, and Of God. course he responded Do right not. away because I rely on him <laughs> for this kind of stuff. But Siesta Key came back for season, like, 3B or whatever because MTV does those fucking, like... Like yeah. 3A, 3B. Or oh, I whatever. didn't know that. Yeah, it's so stupid. But um, I haven't honestly been like a loyal watcher, but I watched yeah. like the whole first season of Siesta Key, and that trash man Alex has been literally fired from the show that his daddy paid for him <gasps> to have on MTV because he's a racist. Yeah, <laughs> Alex. I mean, that was a good move. Like, truly, like, Alex Campo is... They're cutting him out of the entire season. Trash. It just premiered the other night, and they literally cut him out. How okay. iconic. Like, so, truly. it was funny enough that, like, Meg texted me about it, right, like, literally five minutes before I was, like, planning to watch. Yeah. And she was like, they literally cut him out, like, two night, like, hours before, like, recut the show so that, like, this man's not in it. And I was like, there's no way, like, how can you do this? Yeah. And the show, like, the show like, starts. Back. The show starts, and literally they're doing like the flashbacks of like previous seasons. Yeah. And all you see is the man is the back of this man's head. <laughs> like I kid you not. And I text back, and I was like, "Holy shit, it's not a joke." <laughs> oh, incredible! I love it. Also, his girlfriend literally just had a baby last week. His girlfriend that he cheated on with well, Juliet, well deserved on the show. Like this I man mean, is this man is trash. Like so cheats. And then on top of that, like I need to like make this distinction because one time I was like truly furious with Siesta Key was basically this kid named Jared comes. Apparently, him and Alex have beef. I don't really understand the beef, but the beef was made up. Like, Alex just needed something to do. He needed a storyline. Yeah, he needed something to do. Because everybody was more interested in the girls on the show, always. So, pretty much, this kid, Jared, shows up to a birthday party. I think it was for Alex at Alex's house. Mm -hmm. He, like, shows up. Technically, he wasn't invited, but, like, 
who gives a shit? It's the show. It's the key. Right. It's, it's the, the key. It's Everybody's going to show up, right? <laughs> Jared literally goes out of his way to be like, I don't want any problems. Like, I don't have an issue with you, man. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 okay, blah. Yes. Literally, Alex. Alex is like... Like, they're not next to each other, and, like, Jared is, like, talking. It's totally unrelated. I was like, are you talking shit, man? Are you talking shit? And proceeds with his cousin to jump this kid. Polly P? I can't with this, To Peter. jump this kid. I'm just like, what is wrong also, with you? Also, his cousin's name is Polly P. Polly, and he's trash. There's only one Polly, and that's Polly D, and that's on period. <laughs> I'm just Watch like, so, yeah, I'm just like, I'm just like so tired. I'm just like or, tired. Or um, double shot at love with Polly and Vinny. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> Truly reality TV, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like, yeah. It's bad. I mean, I, yeah, I, my kind of reality TV, as everyone knows, is a cheeky RuPaul's Drag Race marathon. Um, that's why you'll catch me every single Friday. But Peter, yeah. all, and Peter also watches Survivor. I am Survivor Stan, for um, sure. Big yeah, Brother as well. I think my, I like was just so obsessed with reality TV when I was younger, as in like, I watched Teen Mom and 16 and Pregnant, and I watched like Made, and I watched like, um, Laguna Beach and the hills and the city. Whitney Port deserved more. Um, no, the city was shit. I can't even begin to get in with you. And the only person on that, that capitalized on that shit was Olivia. True. Um, but yeah, these new shows, they, it's, they don't hold my... It's just because I'm just so tired of watching white people fight. But um, I, think, <laughs> no, but I think what keeps them alive, though, is they can pick the one person to like keep the shit going yeah, like you know like they're like a magnet and right because like you care about the one person because you care about the one person you can't give it up so mm-hmm. it's kind of like and i think you're in the majority p like all the the girls i work with like they're all like obsessed with these shows and like still watch the kardashians and i think i fall in like and maybe meg in like a minority of like that we're not fully obsessed yeah. um so it is good to have you on this so oh, wait, people but can... to make it clear i do not watch the kardashians fuck them bitches <laughs> okay yeah but peter we have to have you on for a whole yes. other thing you'll be back that. yes we yeah that's yeah we're not getting into that but i just want to make that clear yeah, we do yeah, not support no but i definitely agree that these men are trash um and i think we're going to get back on to trash men but I think right now, I just want to give a small shout out. Meg and I want to give a small shout out to our number three. Which are some nice white, well, not all white, but white men. <laughs> nice men nice. that we love and that we're really, really excited about. So I don't know if you guys know, um, but a reunion happened last week. And that is that Big Time Rush is back, baby. Oh. And they're going worldwide, worldwide. Um, yeah, so Yikes. basically, <laughs> Big Time Rush, everyone is back. Um, if you don't know, James, Kendall, Logan, and Carlos um, are the men of Big Time Rush, which was a show that was on Nickelodeon when we were like probably too old to still be watching Nickelodeon, but I Absolutely. don't care. Um, basically, the show was about them. They came from like a sm- they came from a small town, and they like were one of them, Kendall, which is like the one of the main guy, basically. Um, in K-pop world, he was, like, the leader. Um, and they basically, like, find this agent, and they move to Hollywood, and they're, like, a boy band together. But the thing about this show, it was kind of like what they tried to do with the Naked Brothers band, too. It was, like, Big Time Rush was the show, and they were a band on the show, and the Cheetah Girls also. And then they, like, decided to be a band, like, also in real life. So, like, they had, like, albums that corresponded with the show, but then they also, like, once they were around for a couple years, they had albums that were just, like, Big Time Rush albums. And so this is no secret that Meg and I are boy band stands. I maybe am a bigger one than Meg, but I feel like you're also... 
I mean, you got the K-pop edge, so you have all that knowledge. Yeah. But I feel like I've got the kind of more like cookie cutter American. Yes, but I, down. in terms of Big Time Rush, just like I have seen them live. Indeed, I went to, I went to their CD signing in when I was in high school. Oh, you were committed. I went to their CD signing at this like tiny music store in a strip mall and like. <laughs> Bumfuck nowhere, Arizona. Um, and then I went to their concert. I paid for a ticket to their concert at the state Arizona State Fair. Like I paid for the state fair, and then I paid for the Big Time Rush concert at the state fair. Um, but honestly, it's just like I know it's so small in the scheme of things, but it, I just loved them and like to see them like zooming, singing Guys, together. It's such a cute little zoom acoustic version of Worldwide for its ten year anniversary, and now it seems that they might be coming back to bring us some more joy and bring us some new music. Truly, like Big Time Rush was huge. Yeah, they were not. And you know, it's bots. the only life you got, so you gotta live it big time. And they lived it big time when they were in the, at their peak. <laughs> One Direction opened for them. Yes. Okay? That, to take that how you will take it, but that is, <laughs> when One Direction first came to these United States, they opened for Big Time Rush, okay? No, I mean, Big Time Rush was honestly so iconic, and I mean, like, Carlos Peña Vega is kind of annoying. <laughs> we'll, we'll, like, we won't even begin to be. He is married to Alexa Vega from Spy Kids, and they combine their names. And they have so a YouTube channel. And, and they have these babies. Like, and then, uh, yeah, they're like very religious, mess, and mess, I talk about mess. it all the time. But um, we love we love Kendall and James and Logan. Um, Meg loves Kendall. I was a Logan stan back in the day, which now I'm like, oh, was I? But like, if you think about who you I was back in the day, like. um, it's not like? surprising. Meg, you stole what I was going to ask you guys. Oh. oh. Who's the hottest? Kendall, obviously. Please um, fight me. So, I so like James. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if we're talking about like when they were like young and first came out, I would definitely say Logan. Oh. Um, but if we're talking about like right now and what they look like right now, 100% James. Yeah, I mean, I was like... I think right now I'd pick Kendall, but, like, I think back in the day I was, Logan a, was cute. a Logan girl. Yeah. Because I also, like, similarly to back on the pod when I talked about how I had an affinity to all, like, water things, I also had an affinity to all, <laughs> I also had an affinity to all, like, smart people or, like, smart men. Right, so he was, like, the nerdy Yeah, guy. he was the nerdy one. So, yeah. like, I always was like, oh, this is, like, where I align. Like, I want to, like, like the nerdy one, so therefore I liked Logan. Um, guys, guys. Okay, I have a picture pulled up of James. How can you not? Those eyes. No, he's cute. That smile. James, for sure. Okay, yes. He's hot now. But when he had this, like, that That swoopy hair that all the Jonas Brothers had and everybody, like, it was just tragic. Yeah, he had the swoopy hair, like, a year too late. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, I, I just am so excited for them. I hope they actually come back. Um, Kendall's got it in his Instagram bio. We checked. I checked. Um, I think they maybe need money, which I, I'm okay with. I will give. <laughs> Literally. Should we start a GoFundMe for Big Time Rush? Like, honestly, Meg and I are the leaders of the fan club. We'll start a GoFundMe. <laughs> I need the album to happen, and I will. Yes, I will contribute to making it happen, but I just wanted to give a little shout out to a, some unproblematic men. Watch someone like DM us and be like, actually, Big Time Rush is problematic for these reasons. Actually, they're trash. Um, but <laughs> at this moment, filming this pod, or recording this podcast right now, I love them and I'm so excited for them to come back. Meg and I literally talked about it on the ride here. Um, uh, 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 oh. Literally, now you're seeing when we say that we sing all the time. This is it. Constantly. Um, but yeah, we love Big Time Rush. We're excited for them to come back. If you love them, let's talk. Let's create a fan club. Start a GoFundMe. I'm living for it. Okay. 
On to number two, we have which this, we share. We yeah. share our number two and our number one. Yeah. So basically we just have number two and number one left, but they are doozies. So number two, I just a prompt to kind of how this landed upon our top five. Peter has more background of kind of the general thing, but I woke up this morning and I just, you know, unsuspectingly went to Twitter and Justin Bieber is over parties. You can never trending. do that. You can never open Twitter and not expect to be slapped in the Someone's face. always over. Um, but this one is, you know, coming off of the heels of another person, Ansel Elgort, um, who was also accused of sexual assault of an underage woman. Yes. Um, and Justin Bieber was also accused by, I think, two at this point uh, that we know of recently, um, women who were sexually assaulted by him. Um, and it's just so upsetting. I mean, I don't really know how else to put it. It's disheartening. It's upsetting. Not, I mean, for, at least for me, if the Justin Bieber friend, it's like not that shocking that these allegations have come out. Um, and I know that they're, they haven't been, you know, quote unquote confirmed, but I fall in the camp of, I always believe, I believe the women and I believe, you know, the victim. And I think that a lot of times, especially with powerful men in Hollywood, there's a lot of victim shaming and there's a lot of, you know, things that get put in place that make it so that they're silent. Um, but yeah, and I also think Ansel's apology. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, I always, I feel like I always call him Ansel, just like for no, for a stupid reason, like no reason whatsoever. Ansel. But it is Ansel, oh. <laughs> like truly in my mind. But um, on I think Friday it was uh, this these allegations came out of sexual assault against Ansel Elgort. He, um, it, it was a girl who said at the time she was only seventeen. Um, she basically has receipts. She has a photo of them together on Snapchat. She has, um, she has Snapchat, you know, screenshots. But I mean, as I think I'll repeat throughout this conversation, like it's so tricky nowadays because I think people are getting so good at um, photoshopping tweets to make them look real yeah. and things like that. Um, but obviously, we believe survivors right off the bat. Um, mm-hmm. And um, Ansel Elgort came out and said. Uh, Posted on his Instagram notes app apology, of course. Literally I was, was distressed to see the social media posts about me that have been circulating in the last distressed. 24 hours. I cannot claim to understand Gabby's feelings, but her description of events is simply not what happened. I have never and would never assault anyone. What is true is that in New York in 2014, when I was 20, Gabby and I had a brief, legal, and entirely consensual relationship. Unfortunately, I did not handle the breakup well. I stopped responding to her, which is an immature and cruel thing to do to someone. I know this belated apology does not absolve me of my unacceptable behavior when I disappeared. As I look back on my attitude, I am disgusted and deeply ashamed of the way I acted. I am truly sorry. I know I must continue to reflect, learn, and work to grow in empathy. Homeboy literally just said I ghosted her and she's pissed. Yeah, and I just, I really find problems with the, he's like, the, I, the account of what happened, like, the way that Gabby views this is, like, simply not true. Like, we did engage in an extremely, like, consensual relationship. I, I, I maybe to you, like, yeah. the, it's, even Ansel Elgort, who, you know, isn't even, like, the most powerful, but to, but, like, in that position of power, like, we've seen time and time again, like, Sometimes you in your brain have made up to think things are consensual, but it's like not. And also the power play is such an important dynamic to, to note in these kinds of situations. And I just kind of hated that. It's like, I can't expect to understand what she's feeling, but like it was consensual. Like, was it? Like, 
I just yeah. felt like that was such a blasé apology and basically like, brushing off this like literal rape sexual assault allegation, which is so freaking serious to then be like, but make make it so that he did. Oh, I did do something wrong, but it was that I ghosted her. I, it is baffling, and obviously we we don't know the way that Justin Bieber and Scooter Braun's you know whole entire team is going to. Um, react to the allegations that are happening. They denied him. it. Oh, they already did? Well, they, they denied it and they said, um, well, they denied the one claim, the first one about um, in 2014 at the Four Seasons um, the first in girl, Austin, Danielle. I believe. Yes, Danielle. Yeah. Um, she accused him of, well, she was in communication with his bodyguard, Mikey, and he was. she has text screenshots from this man. Um, inviting her up to Justin's hotel room back after a concert. Um, and there were other people there, apparently. Um, and Justin Bieber's camp has denied that allegation and said that he was staying at an Airbnb on that date. But there are also other people who are coming out and saying that people had spotted him at the Four Seasons at that time. There are tweets. But this is the problem. Like, you know, you click on these women coming forward or these young girls coming forward to say, like, you know, Danielle, the girl who accused Justin Bieber, said, to, you know, thanked this girl Gabby who accused Ansel Elgort because it, she felt it gave her the strength to actually come forward I mean, the time, and tell her time's story. Up movement. Yeah, I mean, even during all that, you know, there are still so many stories that we don't know about yeah. because people still do not feel comfortable enough coming forward and do not feel safe accusing these men because they are still so powerful at the end of the day. And, um, I mean, what we saw in the Brett Kavanaugh case point blank. I you mean, come it's forward just and you just get berated. Absolutely. It's so sad. Yeah. It's so disheartening. And I know P you like also on that same vein have Yeah, so like I just I just think this speaks to the culture of the entertainment business and mm -hmm. that it's while we kind of like rave about like these awesome actresses that we see and like awesome like female artists that we see and like basically all the women that like make the industry great and contribute in such powerful ways, it's still a male dominated mm -hmm. industry yeah. and they hold a lot of the powerful like leadership roles and they feel like they are superior mm -hmm. and it shows in like their behavior and their actions and the way they they may even if you like don't physically do something to somebody the way in which you speak to a woman often matters and sets the tone totally. um and it kind of kind of sucks in that like women when you're in those spaces you if you want to get ahead especially when you lead, have like a male in like leadership roles mm -hmm. you often have to play the game and you kind of have to like it starts off with a comment and then you kind of like have to kind of like let that slide because right. you want to come you don't want it to come across as like kind of being sensitive or like yeah. you know so it's kind of it's like very hard and i think for me what like really opened my mind about this Situations that recently um, I list watched the documentary on HBO Max um, on the record, mm -hmm. uh, which kind of tells the story of uh, the an um, A and R um, notable A and R rep uh, Drew Dixon, in which she um, is from DC, went to Stanford, um, and like just like growing up, fell in love with music and fell in love with hip hop and. Kind of like all that went into just like making really good music. So she moved to New York um, and just like hustled to try and make it. Um, and she uh, got in with Russell Simmons, who at the time was kind of like at the center of kind of like the hip hop world and like mm -hmm. kind of making 
um, rap and R&B music, kind of like pop. Mm-hmm. Um, and she kind of had the ear for music. She um, loved kind of like grinding and like going out and like discovering different people and like cold calling like different artists and being like, let me get, can I get like a record from you? Like I really, I work with Russell and we really are looking for like fresh talent that like have what it takes to like really make it big. And so essentially she kind of like worked from the ground up and she basically just like tells the story of uh, Russell Simmons, um, her accounts with Russell Simmons in terms of like sexual assault. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't the first woman to step forward. I believe she was either the third or the fourth after um, women before her came forward and were like telling stories. And um, she saw like like similar patterns. And she was like, what really like inspired her to like come forward and kind of like take on like a mega star. Like, let's be clear, like Russell Simmons yeah. is a household name. Yeah. Like, he kind of, like, pioneered, like, starting in one lane and then spinning it it into, like, um, kind of doing, kind of, like, working in, like, film and stuff and, like, um, doing, like, uh, apparel and stuff like that. So, like, yeah. uh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, like, she just, like, takes her account and she's, like, for me, like, this was, like, a scary time because I grew up and, like, I have love for Russell for, like, what he did for the community, what he did for hip hop, and like my yeah. love for hip hop, kind of made me, uh, like put me in fear for so many years because she didn't want to feel like she was betraying. Um, Ooh, come on! Betraying like the thing that she loved. Yes, right. She loved the community and she loved hip hop so much that she was willing to take the L and like take the shame and the pain. Yeah, for so for what reasons, she felt was the greater good. There are so many reasons why people don't say anything. Yeah. you know, and and it could be. Something like yeah. that, which is like, oh, this is so much bigger than me, yeah. you know, so I'm yeah. just going to, like you said, yeah. take, you know, my own kind of shame and like make it shameful. Yeah. Or, you know, it's just from the trauma. You never know. And and it's like, it's so unfortunate when you see these like these men's names trending and, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of tweets and you expect to click on it and just be like everyone condemning them. But there is so there are so many people in the stands especially those fucking believers yeah are out here like you're reading me a tweet this morning of a girl saying that like until it's proven that it, it actually happened like I'm still gonna stand By it's, like, it's like it, makes it, no it's sense. what like you know and people replying to these girls tweets of coming forward saying you know oh well here's a tweet that you just did like six months ago saying that you loved Justin Bieber people deal with their trauma in their own ways I don't even know if it was real I truly you know was looking at all these tweets and thinking are these manufactured are these real screenshots you have to go to the person's profile and really look for that tweet if you want to you know actually prove that it's real so i mean sorry to go off tangent on what you were talking about but it's just it's all it's all the same it's all just like the same story told a different and i really want to just pull up p and note you had kind of in your vein of just and i've talked to megan vera about this i've talked to you about this i've talked to met my friend Haley about this um, the responsibility for black women to feel loyal to the culture and black men. If you don't believe white women um, to hold more privilege than black women, um, how do they stand a chance when they're so low, not only in their job, but also in society? And I think like kind of what you were saying, Meg, about like these women handling their trauma differently, but also like I'm interested to see the way like Haley Bieber and like this Violetta woman, the, the people who those guys are actually dating kind of stand behind their men and react to this. Because yeah. I talk about so much, especially with kind of what's going on in this movement, this idea that I've seen so many like graphics, it's like black women standing behind their men regardless of what's happening or regardless of what they're doing. And I am the first to 
number one clock toxic masculinity, but also I think in our community, Peter, a lot of times there's a lot of toxic black men. And I feel like especially like what's what, what's been going on with like the trans community and like a lot of these these black men are just like not only womanizing, they're killing our brothers and sisters mm-hmm. in the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. and like no one's clocking them. Not only yeah. like I can speak as a black woman and you can speak as a black uh, a queer black man, but it's just like it's when you're so like you said low on the totem pole in society and you're so afraid to stand up to these things and you have society telling you that you need to stand behind these men who are oppressing you and who are doing these awful things to you and you need to just kind of hide in the shadows how are you expected to come out with these girls with people like Ansel Elgort yeah. and Justin Bieber when you know they're they've been made to believe time and time again with example after example that they won't be believed mm-hmm. how how do you expect them to yeah. have the strength to come out when one comes out why would you not think that 10 others would come forward because they finally feel seen yes. i just think it's such a big it's such a big thing to to grasp and talk about in our community and you know the general community of being a woman of, of all of this stuff and i think it does play out in different ways you know kind of what you were saying, Peter, in the, like, on the record, which I definitely want to watch, um, and kind of this whole thing that's happening with Justin Bieber and Ansel Elgort, but it's really just the idea of, like, what I said in my video, believe black people, believe women, believe black women, like, can we just, like, break this idea that we need to have, like, that victims and survivors have to literally have second by second recountings of what happened to be believed? DNA evidence and all this shit, and it's, like, those, those... Even if you do have that stuff sometimes, you don't even get believed. But yet, you know, Brett Kavanaugh his calendars yeah. are believed, you know? It's just, it's all, it's so fucked. It's so fucked. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really just, it's sad and upsetting. I think that these, these situations in the entertainment industry, music industry, hip-hop, you know, like, black entertainment, it's going yeah. to continue unfold. We saw it with R. Kelly. We see, we've seen it, you know, with the way that... Chris Brown continues to have a successful career. We won't get into it, but Chris Brown continues to have a successful career. Not that Rihanna hasn't, but but I mean, like that that narrative of kind of abusing and you know we Karuchi and all these different things like that continues to happen. Um, that Justin Bieber and Ansel Elgort can, or at least Ansel Elgort can probably tell this apology, and in three weeks he'll be in his next movie. Yeah, and I people mean, will watch. West Side Story is supposed to be coming out in December, and, yeah, and that was trending alongside his name the other day because people are like, oh my gosh, like. You know, are are we gonna like cut him out of West Side Story and reshoot it or whatever? Because Ansel Elgort is like had previously apparently defended Kevin Spacey, and Kevin Spacey had been cut out of that movie after all the allegations came out about him. But he's still trying to come back, making his creepy ass videos on Christmas Day. No, thank you. Please go away forever. Literally, I'm just like I. Yeah, I hope that the reckoning that is happening with you know our the Black Lives Matter movement, whatever. Um, similar to a reckoning that happened in the Time Up, Times Up movement, I just want us to like, as a, a whole, a generation, a, a world, um, yeah, to just like believe, to believe these victims, to believe survivors, and to also clock this toxic masculinity that is happening. Not every man is toxic. No, but, but it needs to be said, men. Not every girl wants you. Thank you. Okay, like I, mean, I need y'all to, I need y'all to understand that. Like truly, like. Mm. No. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like who? Brian Tyree Henry. Chadwick. Skinny. Um, no, I totally agree, Pete. I think that's such a good way to kind of like close out this this like angry segment, but just like angry, sad, disheartening segment of just like yeah, not every man not man, not every woman wants you. I mean, even like 
two days ago, I went to get my like drizzly order of champagne, and this man who was delivering my drizzly order was like, "Can I get your autograph? Can I get your number?" And I literally had to be so kind and be no, like, fool. "No, I just want my champagne. Can you just give it to me?" And he was like, "No, but like, why not? Why not?" I'm like, "Just get, give then, me my champagne. Let me walk into my house and go about my day." Yeah. You think you gonna and get you it by begging? Nice. <laughs> and you were you were said as you said you were being kind, but if you were like immediately like no. He would call you a bitch. Yeah, and to not escalate you the situation. Pretty, you weren't even that pretty yeah. anyway. To not escalate a situation, like not only we're always even in that tiny situation of just trying to get my champagne from the man from Drizzly, I am constantly thinking, how do I not escalate this? How do I not make it a scene? How do I not make him angry? What will he do if he's angry? It's me this man was completely disrespecting me and like going above or beyond the boundaries of this transactional relationship that this man should just be giving me my alcohol. Yeah breaking all boundaries and I still had to be like no sir like please just like it's really fine ha 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 laughing I like you know I it's just that whole thing even like that little sentiment of how I have felt like I had to react and I'm you guys know me I'm like strong in what I believe and I don't take shit but immediately you feel this like scaredness Mm -hmm. and this like weird submissive thing just because you want to de-escalate and to make it happen to stop happening and I just hope like I hope people that listen to this um, like I leave you with that. It's like if I in that small situation felt the need to become smaller to de-escalate something. Imagine these women who are dealing with these powerful men and how much they do to de-escalate situations to make it stop. And in and not out on your front step in locked rooms, yeah. in in boardrooms, in mm-hmm. in the studio mm-hmm. where they're cornered and they have nowhere to go. And it's I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it's truly insane and. Um, yeah, I am interested to see kind of how this continues to move forward, but yeah, switching gears, switching gears to Sweet. something happy. We're ending with something happy for the first yes. time in like a while. Yes. So when we wanted P to come on the podcast, we immediately were like, okay, when Insecure ends, it's fabulous fourth season. The timing. We'll have to have him on because his opinions are lit. As I mean, yes, <laughs> me and Insecure. <laughs> That's like a match made in heaven. I'm addicted to that show. I love that show. I tell everybody I was there from episode one, from the beginning, from when Issa was rapping in that damn mirror. I miss that. <laughs> oh, I miss it. Mm. So yeah, I'm so excited. I think the season was amazing. We that saw was a great season. we saw different sides. So I feel like almost everybody, yeah. which was like really great. We saw the growth um, from Issa, which is something that I think is so inspiring and like great to see because there's so many i think what's interesting just like before we even get into that what's interesting about isa is that if you really like deep dive into like what got isa motivated to do what she's doing now is that she was saying like she saw things on television that was very like white based and like very like majority um white casted and she was like i identify with these people but these people don't look like me and um i'm like awkward and like i kind of have like the same humor and I like kind of like react to situations similarly but um she didn't feel like she could truly connect because there was like that lacking where she could like truly identify with them on like kind of the um in terms of like visually like what like representation like what they look like um so she was like I wanted to create a space where like I know there's several girls out there who are just like me they're black and they're just trying to like figure out like who they are in this world and like where they fit in and like where there's a space for them to be kind of like uh, quirky and like weird and like awkward and um so I think for me like that was just like great to like see kind of like her start 
on like a smaller scale and kind of like really like blow up into like what Insecure is mm -hmm. now. Um, and just to see that like she is kind of like at the, at her root, kind of like this like awkward, kind of like quirky, like funny woman um, who's also like strong, and, like full of opinions and like very smart. Um, so I love that this season we saw like a lot of growth out of Issa. I agree. I also, I mean, 100% I've, I watched the first season after it aired and then I kind of got on the train of watching it every Sunday. Um, but I just love that this show is messy because yes. life is messy. Yes. Um, and also I think that there's been in the past, like in the nineties and stuff, there was this like surge of black television that a lot of like white people also subscribed to and watched as in like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, um, Family Matters, like all those kinds of shows. Mm -hmm. And I think that we kind of, it got, we had a lack of that um, for mm -hmm. a while and then I think that like in the 2000s that show for a lot of people was That's So Raven and I mm -hmm. think a lot of people kind of did that whole thing but I feel like there hasn't been like an adult version where like it's not a BET show it's like not you know what I mean it's like yeah. not like a Tyler Perry created yeah. show um, that, and it's just kind of real it's like I've talked about this in many different ways but it's like I feel like I've watched and like you said P I've watched and consumed white centric media my whole life and just kind of like did it because it's kind of what was We're happening there. but it's nice to see that like not only is insecure a show for like us being yeah. black people but like it's a show for everyone the things that happen yeah. in insecure the themes i feel like everyone can relate to everyone can like laugh at can like watch i mean like literally we talk about it every day like the four of us as in like me meg Peter and Vera all watch it and we all are obsessed. And I think it's just so cool to see a show that is, is, has, is ingrained in blackness, but like is just a good show and is considered just a good show, not because they're black, but because it's a good show. Does that make exactly. sense? Exactly. Exactly. And it's, it's not, it's accessible, but it's not accessible because it's made to be yes. accessible for white people. It is what it is. And it celebrates, you know, the characters and their, and who they are as people, but also celebrates their blackness. Yes. But it's, it's, I, I can watch it and, and, and relate, like, exactly yeah. the same way Issa was saying. She was seeing all these white shows, shows of white people, and she could relate to them, but there was still that barrier. It's like, it, there's no real barrier. It's, it's, it's completely relatable, and you can love them just because they're amazing. Yeah, yeah. and, I mean, to get into this, this season, sorry if you haven't seen it. Number yes. one, you should watch Spoiler it. Alert. Spoiler if you haven't seen it and you're trying to, we're <laughs> going to spoil things. But I'd like to get your guys' thoughts on the relationship of all relationships. First of all, how do we feel about the reconciliation of Issa and Lawrence to be demolished by Condola? I mean, listen, first of listen, all, I love, listen, I love listen. Issa and Lawrence. It's Condola messy, did not demolish that relationship. Peter. How, what did she do? I mean, she didn't demolish it, but, like, I think in the in the idea that, like, Condola tells Lawrence that she is pregnant, which, like, messy, um, and then she's going to keep it, which, like, yes, Condola, do what you want to do. But then also I think that we saw a lot of growth with Issa because I think that Issa being like, you know, I need to do me. I need to handle with my situation. I don't know if I want to be involved in your continuous mess. Lawrence. Which is fair. Yeah. No, fair. I, I, agree. I love, I think that that was literally the culmination of all of the growth we've seen out of Issa because and obviously, I know you know I love them together. I I'm giddy over, I was giddy over those last, you know, the penultimate episode and then the, I think the one where they, you know, where it was just them. They're yeah. like their one-off episode. Um, and I love them and I wanted them to work it out so bad. But I knew, I knew something was coming yeah. to throw a wrench in it a bit because it just seemed like it was too smooth sailing. Um, 
but that it was that and that it was Issa's choice how the relationship moved forward and if it was going to move forward. Yeah. And obviously you could tell like Lawrence is like, this doesn't change anything because we still love each other. But Issa does not want to go back down that path and have her life be messy because, because of a man, like she can make her own decisions and she can, she can have her own life and, and make, you know, forge her own path. So I think for me, so um, after the episode where it was just Issa and Lawrence, the whole episode, they had, I, so I'm like addicted. So I watched all the wind downs after oh, every love episode. The wind. I love the wind downs. And I think the wind down after that episode was like very important and key in the sense that like, if you hear Issa just explain like her take on like what the episode was about, it was more so kind of, it's as if like you're reading a book and like somebody tears up a couple of the pages and you're mm-hmm. kind of like, what the hell happened? Yes. That is what that reuniting was about in terms of like figuring out like we kind of like had a story that was a like, great, like it had like hit a bumpy road, but then we were kind of just like, just like dropped the book. It was just like whatever. Yeah. And I think it was for them to come back and like heal and like, like find those pages and like kind of like, or even rewrite those pages and right. figure out like, what does this mean? Like, are we truly supposed to be together? Like, or is it just like for us to like heal what we had, heal mm-hmm. that that break, and like figure realize like we need to move on. Like I, I I love the fact that they like they had that moment where like they could be together and like just like enjoy each other and like appreciate like the role that they hold in each other's lives. But like for me personally, Lawrence is just a few chapters in Issa's book. Like Lawrence, I don't for me I personally don't think Lawrence is her forever mm-hmm. person. I think Lawrence was good for. Her, young Issa when Issa was like growing up and like figuring out like who she was and kind of just like in that like free like free moment and like just like free spirit phase of like being yourself and like making like mistakes and like all that good jazz and I I feel like for me this is like we should close on Lawrence and have Issa time and then press on and move forward and then this whole situation I blame Lawrence like Lawrence full down hands down I think the the issue that they're in now is on Lawrence because Lawrence knew at a, he was feeling some type of like Lawrence you don't just wake up one day and like suddenly like want to like start hitting these up again you know what I mean yeah and then but at the same time which is like fair like you still have the right to like still see other people when you're like still figuring it out but you had to be doing something that like all of a sudden Condola was pregnant I know I feel like I you love- know what I'm saying like. Let's be clear. I'm pretty sure you wasn't wrapping it up every single time. <laughs> no, he wasn't. You know what I, I'm saying? So don't all of a sudden be surprised. Like, what do you mean you're with the baby? Like, no, come on, boy. Like, you <laughs> knew. You knew. What? what I respect about Condola, sorry, last thing. What I respect about no. Condola is she gave, she said point blank, like, I'm not trying to ruin your life. I'm not trying to be one yeah, of those totally. girls. Oh, I am yeah. prepared to do this with or without you. I'm giving you the She's opportunity. A girl. Right. She need a man. She was like, I listen, I'm a, a commander in PR. Like I do not need you. Yeah. Like you yes, know what I'm saying? Commander in PR. Um, so for me, like I respect that on her. So like, in no way when like people are like trying to put blame at Condola, she's like, listen, you could be here, you cannot be here. I'm gonna have this baby. We yeah. will be fine. Mm-hmm. I have this. But if you would like to be involved, which is like for me, I'm like, yes. Cause yeah. like there's some people who use that baby as would use that baby as kind of like a bargaining chip. Right. Yeah. Like a tool to like manipulate. And like she's just like, listen, if you want to be here and be involved, you're welcome. If you don't, like I'm not trying to ruin your life, you can do you. I think what Meg, on that, Peter, and also what Meg has said to 
us before. It's like, it's hard because there's so much going on in this world of Insecure in 30 minute episodes every week. But yeah. also I think that Which one thing that Lisa I know, and mean. the characters have done so well is create such com- complex characters. And like thinking about Condola for one, who was not even had, didn't even have that much screen time, I guess, in she this game. disappeared for like, like four episodes. Remember in that one episode where we were at, Lawrence and Condola were at Condola's house with their friends, like, Condola made it very clear that she didn't want to get married. She really didn't want a family. Like, she was kind of just like, we're doing this whole thing. So, in one way, like, I'm not I'm not defending Lawrence, but I can see that, like, when now she's like... His shock is kind of like... It's like, wait, but you didn't want a family? And I think in, in the, originally, Lawrence did kind of want to make things worth, work with Condola because I do feel like, once again, with these complex characters, Lawrence in the first season was like... Garbage. He treated Issa like shit. We all know this. And then remember when we thought well, Lawrence wasn't going to be in the show anymore, as we thought. And like I, in that time, because we didn't see it, because so much happened, kind of the pages ripped out of the book, Lawrence has had a lot of growth. And I do think yeah. we have seen growth as Lawrence Absolutely. as a character. Um, and I and I, I do feel like a tinge of like, ah, shit. It's like yeah. Lawrence kind of finally was like getting his shit together. And then like now he's like, he has to deal with this, which I do believe he will. And I think it's just kind of another chapter in his book, just as Issa over kind of the last couple of, of, um, seasons we've seen, like, should she have cheated on Lawrence, even though Lawrence was trash? No, no. you know? And like, also she kind of played Daniel for like a whole season. Oh, yeah. Um, and you know, her whole, like, even, I feel like we can't even really get into Molly this episode. We can talk about her arc later, but like even with Molly and her character growth, I just feel like these characters are so complex that like even in the situation that's happening right now, I'm like, I, I see it from all different sides of all different characters. You yeah. Know? No, totally. And I mean, like we talk about it and we're like, oh, like we don't like Vera likes Molly, but we, you know, we're like, oh, Molly, for God's sake, Molly like you're enough. Listen, but, Molly but is I, when, but when, when somebody like Vera says to me, like explains to me why they like Molly, I'm like, okay, yeah, I do understand that too, because, because these aren't just one dimensional, like they are real yeah. people like that you would know in, in real life. And, and I think that's what makes the show so incredible and so special and yes, I have said the stuff about how it's short and I do love how short and sweet it totally. is, but at the same time I do almost like, just like want more content from it. But I think it's just because I just like love it so much. I want more. I want to know more and I want to see more. Agreed. I mean, yeah, we, we all love Insecure. P.A. once again, love what you said. Insecure is true black joy. Totally agreed. 100%. Also going on the record, listen, Issa needs to be with Nathan. Period. Oh yeah. And Peter's obsessed with Kendrick. Kendrick, Kendrick is fine. <laughs> That accent. He, she just needs to be with Nathan. Stop playing. She played him. I wish they did give more to his like story of bi- having bipolar disorder, but um, you know, obviously, who knows? Who they knows? Maybe also, even like I know we're kind of wrapping it up, but like I would love to see. I feel like a little bit whiplash with the Tiffany whole thing at the end, and like yeah. that was a lot in the last episode, and I I'm excited to see kind of where Tiffany. Um, and Kelly's characters hopefully get a little bit more traction Kelly. in the next season. I would love to see that. I, I wish they maybe would have gone more into depth of when Molly and Issa were at odds. Kind of each one of Kelly kind of was with Issa a little bit more, and right? And yeah. Molly was kind of with um, Tiffany a little bit more, yeah. and I kind of would have loved to see those friendships blossom. I know we only have 30 minutes and 10 episodes, but I really do hope next season we, we get a little bit more from these characters, and I do think the last episode set that up. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I'm so, so excited to see where they take it. And I think Insecure is really, we've been talking about this, like having a moment right now. Mm-hmm. I think 
mo- like if shows are good right now while we've been quarantined and while we've been kind of stuck in the house this past few months, they really like take off and have a moment and people have time, pe- more people have time to be like, okay, like now I'm going to start that show yeah. that I've been, and it's on TV, on HBO every week. East is also waiting having a for, moment. Yeah, East is having yeah. a moment. We'll so see. it's truly like, it's it's having a moment and I'm really excited to see where they take it with, take it two with season five like who knows maybe we'll get more episodes they need like to win HB. something oh come yeah. on let's go yeah i know emmy nominations in july excited to see it, actually i don't i don't think they're they might not be eligible for this year Ugh, have to trash. Check. but it'll but, be next year yeah i mean let us know your guys' thoughts on yeah, insecure please. too obviously we're obsessed and we have many things to say um if oh my we, god if we want to do like a mini soda of insecure like yeah, let us pee on again i would love to. round table because i need to yell down. about molly Ooh, okay a little wind down Ooh. yeah wind down mini soda that would be fun stay tuned people yeah. but i, I mean... this episode has been <laughs> i've been i've been sitting here staring at your beautiful faces that i love so much and like this is just like the height of joy right now obviously vera's outside but I love her too, um, so much. Shout out Vera, happy birthday! Yeah. Um, and I've been looking at these fucking lip smackers, <laughs> and the brand is Best Flavor Forever, like Best Friends Forever. Yes. I know. I'm kind of jealous. So, my lips are a little chapped. I might need one too. Mm, Pete's about to steal I'll my chapstick. <laughs> which which Marvel superhero do you want your chapstick to have? Do you um, watch Marvel? The Hulk. Oh, oh yes, Mark Hulk is on here at the top, so I'll go. I'll go to when next time I'm uh, in Manhattan. I'll go to okay. in like five months. <laughs> Truly had these had these chapsticks in my work backpack that's been sitting on the floor of my room since February. I love your dedication, Meg, and I can't agree more. I think it's been so fun to be in person and have pee on and like. Really, I know we say it all the time, but, like, this is literally us. This is us yep. every day. Last night, we literally played a game, which was, which celebrity should we all marry? And we, like, did full research. We truly oh all should, are we like, say? taking it so seriously. I, uh, Maybe we should have, we should. We'll do our, oh, yeah, another yeah. time. Another we'll, time. Um, we'll talk Because Vera has to also But be that's here. a fun game to play if you're, you know, stuck in, stuck in um, the house. But, but also, we want to say, even though that we are here at the Cape, um, having a beautiful time, we are being safe and yes. we are still wearing our masks. So everybody should still be wearing masks. This ain't over yet. And, you know, just be safe. Be safe. We're smart. Be smart. Yeah. Be yeah. Smart. Um, but not only do we love you guys, but we would love for you to leave us a, a little <laughs> a re- cheeky little review on if Apple, you like us on because Apple that's or any, on anywhere, on anywhere that you, um, Listen to podcasts. Yeah, follow um, subscribe. us on IG. Also follow P on IG. Yeah, P, yes. tell the you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at P underscore two real because I'm so real big, guys. <laughs> I love you so I much. Love you, P. Thank you for coming <laughs> on. Thank the you for podcast. having me. Thank you. Truly a delight. So many amazing opinions. So many good dis- discussions. I know. I'm I feel like you're screaming. Fall- they're gonna hate me. They're no, not they're gonna hate you. I kid. I kid. I kid. But love you, Meg. Love you, Chi. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>